Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, it was another underwhelming win for the Sooners, but we recap OU West Virginia. In the National College Football Roundup, we recap K-State, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and we finish up by giving you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, September 27th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently vo- voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match, roulette, and Teddy's favorite, craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in September from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 Blitz and Bucks promotion. Drawings are every 30 minutes. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now we're recording this Sunday night. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Okay. If you're going to comment on the podcast, remember, we do not play for the team. We are simply (laughs) on the radio broadcast. So remember that when you're leaving your comment. On Apple Podcasts, okay, Ted. I feel like we need to right. We no longer play on the team. I just, I just want people to know that. Oh, that's hilarious! I love it. Um, sometimes it feels like I still go through the same anxiety every now and then. Whenever I see something bad happen, like I get the the feeling inside, like I'm about to get yelled at by someone. So, <laughs> uh, but you're correct. We do not play for the team. Hey, we can't skip birthday shout-outs. We Happy birthday, dude. Ah, huh? I see. So your yes. wife your wife told you. Your wife told yeah. you. Thank God for wives, right? Yes, I uh, I as we are recording this, I have I have turned 31. Woo. So, long way from 40, but Yeah, that's true. Awfully 
it's it feels a lot more closer to 40 than 30 did so yeah I'm well on my way to 40 i'm almost i'm gonna join you soon big guy i'll, I'll tell you what man uh i'll tell you it it, it everything accelerates from now on like the years just go with kids and you're in your 30s man you're gonna look back one day and be like what the hell happened to that decade <laughs> i i look forward to that uh, i look forward to that uh speaking well, of what the day. hell happened we we got to get into the game or else this podcast is just going to be three hours to, long you don't want to spend I'm, I'm delaying i think by uh, talking birthdays yeah, here. We're, we're delaying the inevitable awkwardness of talking about ou's win over west virginia okay so they did win and it was 16 to 13 it was ugly but we, we've been starting these recaps with the defense, Ted, and I and I feel like we definitely got to do that this time as well because defense won them the football game, man. So as you went back and looked at it, how'd you think they played? Overall, played pretty well. Uh, the thing that sticks out is that opening drive, obviously, um, and that's common to give up yards and give up plays on an opening drive. You know, really what an opening drive is, it's it's really a, a check on what you do. You know, you can you can stare at your, your scheme and practice it and tweak it and go through all of the checks and balances, but this is an audit on what you do by another coaching staff, right? In in that first 15, they're gonna come out and say, we can get them in this and hit them here. We can get them in that and hit them over here. Uh, all these different things that they can do to you. And it's a, it's a defense that has to look at itself after the first series and say, there's some flaws in our system. How can we adapt within this football game and then make a fix moving forward of how we need to play that certain little twist or scheme or route combination or blocking pattern like that's what teams do in those opening drives and give West Virginia credit. They hit on some nice things, uh, but give Oklahoma credit for adjusting after that period. Now there's some stuff in there that they've got to get better at and they've got to get stops, but man, it's hard to complain whenever it takes someone that many snaps to score a touchdown and they don't do it again the rest of the football game. I I'm with you and they threw absolutely everything at Oklahoma's defense on that first drive. And okay. I want to point something out. I had a lot of people tweet at me after that first drive. I thought you said their tackles were bad. Listen, watch the game. Teddy, why do you think Neil Brown exclusively threw quick game the entire football game? Can't protect. Why do you think Letty Brown, one of the best running backs in the Big 12, had 56 yards rushing? Because <laughs> they can't block. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. So to everyone that tweeted me, oh, I thought you said the offensive line was bad. That's not what I said. I said the interior three were solid. I said they had a weakness at tackle. Credit to Neil Brown and his offensive coaching staff for recognizing their weaknesses and 
not letting OU just absolutely exploit them. Okay, so there are a few things that stood out to me on the defensive side of things. Did anyone like really stand out playing well to you? Like really jump off the tape to you? Uh, it was more of like of a group. Times. Yeah, it was yeah. more like a group effort. It's not like someone had a spectacular game or anything like that. Isaiah Thomas had a couple of wow moments. Uh, Brian Osamoa had a couple of wow moments running down plays. Um, Turner Yell, I thought, had some really nice tackles. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of it's kind of a group effort, man. Here's what's crazy: the better you get defensively, except for maybe the defensive line, everyone's stats get bad from that point on, right? There's only, there's very few tackles to be made. Um, there's a lot of incomplete passes. There's there's just not a whole lot of, of getting out there for a bunch of guys, and it's usually spread out pretty evenly, and that's kind of how that performance ended up. I thought a lot of guys played well, but, you know, when everyone's locking down and doing their job, it doesn't take any extraordinary effort from anyone typically on a play to shut it down. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, it was more of a group effort than like an ex- outstanding performance by one or two guys. Uh, okay, let's get to the issues. And, and you explained it on the radio broadcast, but it seemed like they threw that slant. I don't know if it was 10 times. It felt like 50 times. Yeah. But it was around 10, 12, 15 times. They were hitting Oklahoma's defense in the same area of the field. Now, Bryce Ford Wheaton is a massive dude. Can confirm that now that I saw him down at field level. That's a big dude. But why were they having so much success in that area of the field against OU's defense, Ted? Well, the size obviously matters. That That's a big guy. Throw, throwing the slant there to him is really good. So, it's hard to defend a slant one-on-one. It's actually almost impossible. A well-thrown slant to a big wide receiver is almost impossible to, to defend in one-on-one. So typically what you do is you have the linebacker hold the hook a little bit, right? And the quarterback has to either wait and throw the second window. It just makes it way more difficult whenever you have a hook player helping out the slant because the slant is running directly to the hook. So what you try to do offensively is get that player out of there by, you know, either, either running like a swing route and pulling him out right away. If he's the flat player, uh, there's a couple of different things that you can do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So one of the problems, and you heard me talk about it's an audit on your defense. One of the things that Oklahoma does on the backside of trips, three wide receivers to one side, one wide receiver to the other. Doesn't matter what the call is. Doesn't matter if they're in cover three, cover four. They're locking it. They're going to man that guy up. 
Number one is the corners. He is now completely out of the count for everyone else, right? So that means that if it's a slant, the linebacker now, because he's man-to-man, is going to man the back on that side, and he has to go to him immediately on the swing route. So there's nobody in that hook. He's got it by himself. And that's just kind of how they've played a lot of things and they haven't had problems with people hitting them with the slant. Um, and I think one of the problems with having a it, – it makes it easier on the backside of trips to man that guy and get him out of the count because all of like the underneath crossers and stuff, he's totally eliminated. It makes it way easier for the linebackers to sort crossing routes. So it's a good thing most of the time until teams start to exploit it by clearing that massive void. And you can't really, in a game, you can't say, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to zone it whenever you never zone it. Like That's like asking linebackers to all of a sudden learn an entire offense over there on the sideline on the chalkboard of how we're going to play the backside hook in cover three whenever it's three by one. So um, I think it was, it's, I think it's a, not necessarily a flaw, but a way that Oklahoma runs something where it's just an automatic check all of the time that someone was able to take advantage of. And they'll probably have to figure out a way to change that some. And we saw like, if they line up in three by one, he's in it. It's his guy. He buys it. If they motion a guy over, right, he still buys that guy. That's why you heard Grinch say a couple of times, if we're in man, we're in, we're in man. Because, like, whenever they motion some of those shifts, the corner came out of it, and they're hitting that slant wide open, and there's no one there. It's because he's coming off of his man-to-man that was originally checked. I believe that is what the confusion is there. Because once they originally call it, he's out of the count. They motion a guy over. The corner was making the mistake at least a couple of times that he is now back in the count. We're playing true cover three. Well, that's what you wanted, people. Now you know. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah, I I think, and and people are really starting to like the uh, in the weeds stuff we do every once in a while. I'm not sure they're going to be able to regurgitate that to their buddies, but good luck, guys. Good luck. Yeah, very well explained. Well, it really the, the 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 easy thing to think of on the backside of trips. Number one receiver's always locked. Corner, corner's got him, man to man. Well, he used to always be an automatic check. Probably not going to be moving forward. I was. I, I wasn't. I, I guess I wasn't surprised because you're having success with it. I really was surprised that they were so stubborn with it because, you know, it, it it wasn't like they were getting huge chunk plays with it, right? I mean, they got a couple to Bressford Wheaton, a couple nice chunks, but it, it's not like they're ripping off 30-yard gains. They're like, not a lot of teams will just say, hey, let's just keep throwing it. And yeah. credit to them, they had the patience to do that, I, I guess. When you look at it, Neil Brown, that staff, they probably looked at the style of the game. They're like, all right, they're going to give it to us. Let's throw it. Yeah. Well, and one of the problems with running twist as much as we do is whenever you're twisting up front, 
you're not thinking of passing lanes. And typically as a defensive lineman, okay, ball snapped. I'm getting to my rush. I'm trying to get to an edge of my guy. I'm, I can see through the offensive lineman to the quarterback and feel that it's a quick, like if he's under center, you feel the three-step. If it's shotgun, you feel kind of the tempo, the rhythm of the quarterback. And as you see him getting ready to unload the football, you stop your rush, find the throwing window, throw the lanes, and get your hands up. When you twist, you're never really thinking about that. You're looking to linemen to see where to to move to your twist game. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Teddy and I, we we cannot say – everything we want to say on the radio broadcast. So we will text each other our uh, frustrations <laughs> during the game to one another to communicate some thoughts. And you, you just heard Teddy talking about the twist games. This, this was a text that was sent at 7.30 p.m. Saturday night from me to Ted. Stop twisting for the love of God making it easy on the shitty tackles. (laughs) Yeah, it's true, man. Bad tackles, speed is the killer, man. Just rush them straight up. I'm with you. I thought that, and, you know, the twist games, they've been really effective. I understand that. But sometimes uh, when, when when, when you've got a team out, man, especially your edge guys on the tackles, just let them go. Just let them rush in. It's interesting you mentioned the passing lanes. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier. Has OU had a batted ball all season? Like when you just think, you know, and they happen every once in a while, right? You see them all the time on an NFL Sunday, right? Defense lineman, hands up, batted ball, interception. I can't recall. Yeah, and you, you got a pretty damn good memory, dude. I can't recall of one all year. Yeah. Four games. That's weird. I mean, it's just yeah. weird, right? It's it's not like they got a bunch of short dudes along the defensive line. Yeah. No, that is that is something. Especially uh, the especially West Virginia throwing quick game all game long. Right. I, I mean, how many times did Daggy hold the ball for over two seconds? Rare. Uh, especially on normal down and distance. You know, they, you can't get there. What does every D line coach say? You gotta stop, find the quarterback's eyes, man. Yep. Get the hands up. So, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, We're nitpicking. The defense played awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we are nitpicking. It's hard to give much grief to those guys because the pressure on the quarterback has been incredible. Uh, the twist stunts in the the run stopping has been great. Screws with offensive lines big time. Uh, I thought I thought the team tackled really well, getting better and better tackling. A couple of really nice uh, stands. That one where they got down inside the inside the one yard line, end up forcing a field goal. Had that false start. That was a huge stop. Won you the game. You didn't know it at the time, but that that ended up winning you the game. Yeah. So great performance by the defense, and really does seem like that group, if they can continue to stay relatively healthy that that group's gaining confidence and is undoubtedly the strength of Oklahoma's football team. Now it's time to talk about the offense, Ted. This is going to be, uh, this is going to be fun, but first the only place to stop when you're road tripping is loves travel stops. 
Loves has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24 access to clean and safe places. Congrats to Braylon D. Rogers on winning this week's $25 game day gift card from Loves. Whatever your road trip needs are, Loves has it. Fuel, fresh food, drinks, and my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. And don't forget to bank at First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma, tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. Okay. I feel like so far this season, we have been very fair when it comes to our criticism of the offense, Ted. And we're going to continue to be fair when it comes to our criticism of Oklahoma's offense. But the bottom line is the offense isn't any good. At least right now, it's not any good. And I I think something in football that's overrated is when they say, okay, what is the identity of this team? What is the identity of the offense? That's always just a, a weird way or people trying to sound fancy for whatever reason. Where it's like, what does this offense do well? Like, that's what identity means to me. Like, tell me what the offense does well. And right now, I don't think this offense does anything well. They don't run it well. They don't drop back pass well. They don't play action well. The screen game's non-existent. They don't do anything well. Not one thing where you're like, that is what they can hang their hat on. Not one thing. Or am I missing something? Mm, not really. Um, like, do they make a bunch of guys miss at running back? Do they make a bunch of guys no. miss at wide receiver? Like, No. No. We got a pretty decent boot game. <laughs> there you we- go. If you consider <laughs> game Burkitt's offense, there it is. <laughs> They got a really good kicker. Uh, But other than that, that's what I was like, because I was, I I try not to really predetermine what I'm going to say on here. Right. But I I was like, okay, I'm about to be so negative about this offense. What can I say? That's positive. Dude, I got nothing. I got nothing. When I watched, when I watched all 60, whatever plays of that game, it's like, where is the consistency? Where, what, what is something that they do well? It, dude, I couldn't. It's blank. The page is blank. <laughs> I, I tried. 
so that being said, I mean, let's get into what what happened in this game and what I see. Oklahoma clearly has issues on offense, right? Everyone wants to blame the quarterback. That's how that position works, I understand. But Spencer Rattler is not the root problem of Oklahoma's offense's issues. I actually think he's kind of far down the list of their problems on offense. This group as a whole, now Rattler included, this group as a whole has an alarming lack of attention to detail. Offensive line, wide receivers, tight ends and H-backs, running backs. There is just a complete lack of attention to detail. But the biggest issue is the offensive line. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure that out. But the, the problem that bothers me, the part of it that really bothers me is it, it's not necessarily, it's not like they, they just got their ass kicked all night against West Virginia. They didn't. If you go back and watch like, yeah, did Akeem Mesidor mess some guys up? Yeah. 90 for West Virginia. Pretty good player. Stills is a good player. But it's not like they were just getting thrown to the ground or something. I, I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't think they know where they're going. It makes it hard. If it makes it impossible. Well, it's the same thing defensively. If, if you're out there and you're not sure where to line up and you're not sure what your responsibility is and you don't have a really good idea about what the play is about to be from the offense, you are lost and you get exposed quickly. But in that game, play after play, run game and pass protection, it is clear that the offensive line does not know who they are working to, or at least the entire offensive line doesn't know. They are just so unsure all the time. It, it shows with their eyes. It shows with their footwork. Like they're so measured at the line of scrimmage in the run game. And they're they not play seeing with, anything like wild. No, no weird fronts or a lot of movement or twist or anything, right? No. West Virginia ran what they've been running. It's not like they came out in a different defense. Right. They just, Oklahoma's offensive line, they play with no velocity. They ooze. They're very measured. They don't, they don't cut it loose mm-hmm. ever. And it's a problem. Like, and so it's, it's that they have poor eye discipline in pass protection. And I think that's a product of them not knowing where they're working to. Right? Like in pass protection, you got to know where you're working. If you're if guessing you're a to guard, begin with, you can never anticipate anything else happening. What backer are we working to? And the reason I know that they don't know is because of where the guards look. I mean, there's sometimes they're working to a backer. The guard never looks at it. Backer goes backside. Guard doesn't even react. I'm just like, where are you going? Like you have to have a sense of direction and I, it, it's the same in play action and it's understanding the offense. Now I think Rattler does some interesting things in the play action concepts. And for me, their play action stuff, it's too cute. It's, it's too elaborate, right? Their boot game, right? They run 
they run a power pull fake to get to their bootleg game. Like, do we really need all that? But I don't think the offensive line has any understanding of the launch points in play action. And the reason I know that is because you've got the quarterback way out to the right, and you got a left tackle pushing guys to the quarterback, not knowing where he's at in play action pass game. I mean, how is that possible? How do you not know where the quarterback's supposed to throw the damn ball in the in the concept? I don't. I, 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 I can I can see like I don't see like the the blocking schemes and stuff, but it doesn't take a, a, a offensive lineman to know that things are screwy up there. But my question is. And maybe this isn't the time to get into it, but like how how did we go from being an offensive line that's always locked into all of a sudden a group of five that are clueless? I don't know, especially because three of them have played a lot of football. Yeah. So I don't know, and it's it, and and I know some people on Twitter tag me say, "No, it's time to start talking about beating," but like I know these guys are well coached. Like, if I have to, if my choices are the kids are shitting down their leg out there on the game field or Bean Bo's not coaching them well, I'm choosing the kids messing up. (laughs) I I played for the guy. Like, I know how thorough he is in his preparation and how he relays that to his players. It's all a result of a lack of communication and, and a lack of football knowledge. Like, it's bad, man. It's bad, and in this offense, a lot of that falls on the center position. That communication, and Rame's just not a very experienced player. The center play has to be better, right? I watch that position more critically than any other position on the football field. He's got to play better, and it's not necessarily the physical component of the game. Like, he played better physically. Yeah, Mesidor kicked his ass a couple times, right? That happens. But, I mean, you're going to lose some physical battles in football, especially when you're a young player like him. He plays hard, but it, it looks like things are moving really fast for him right now. Really fast. And he has to be the one directing traffic. And if he doesn't have those guys on the same page, they're screwed. So it's his job, and I know he, he hasn't played a ton of football, like, but it's his job to get everyone on the same page in the run game, in pass protection, and that's not just the O-line. It's the backs. Teddy, I am going to throw my iPad through a wall if I see a wide receiver come inside and try to dig out a guy that the offensive line is working to in a run concept. We don't need two people blocking the same fucking guy. Like it, how do they not know? How do they not know where they're going? How does that typically get called out? Like, how, why would a receiver not know that? Just lack of attention? It, it, it's or either is that, that a call at the line of scrimmage. 
it should be like the, the, the center should let everyone know. Normally you'll know, you'll let everyone know where the mic is. And then everyone knows, okay, that concept, Hey, I work to one pass the mic or I minus one off the mic. Well, so will Sam like that stuff. And it's, but I can't imagine that they haven't practiced these looks. They have a phenomenal coaching staff, but I mean, you, you've got, you've got run plays in that game where the offensive line, you've got two different combinations working to the same backer and they're leaving a guy unblocked. They're leaving a backer. Like, how does that happen? I, I don't know, man. I've watched, I've, I've watched the game three times. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know. My only answer is like, the, a lot of the time, way too much of the time, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And that's a big problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I, it, it's, it's a huge problem. And like the run game stuff, that's where the problems for the offense start is the run game. And because once you get off schedule with the run game, everything from that point becomes way more difficult than it needs to be. Uh, and it just in, it just inflames every other situation. Like now, if you're unsure on who you're blocking, well, that's going to be a big problem because the defensive line over there, they're all hollering out green calls because they're got, they know passes coming and they are flying off the ball, which people don't understand. Like the difference, the way a defensive lineman comes off the ball and run and pass is completely different in run. He's got to take short steps. He's playing a gap. He's fitting somewhere in pass. He's getting out like he's running a 40, turning his hips and trying to get to an edge of a guy, which makes it if he knows it's a pass, makes it way more difficult to block that guy than if he doesn't. And I just, I, I mentioned in the Nebraska game, okay, it, it seems to look like they got a good beat on when guys are pulling, all that type of stuff. But listen, if the choices are don't communicate at all and we all don't know where we're going or over-communicate, maybe the defense knows what we're doing sometimes, but at least we're on the same page, over-communicate. Make sure everyone on the offense knows where the hell you're going. And then you got better players than everyone you're going to play, or you're supposed to at least. Well, at least you know you, you're not all comboing to the same guy and leaving people unblocked. Oh, made me sad. Real, real sad. Watch that on my birthday, Ted. Not cool. <laughs> okay, just so... You know, individual performances for the O-line received some feedback on this. They, Some people seem to enjoy it. I said my piece about Rame. I think I, I still think he, he's going to get better and better and better. Just an inexperienced guy, and he, he's got to get – he's got to get his guys on the same page. you got to know where you're going, man. And if everyone knows where they're going, it eliminates all the indecision – all the hesitation, and you can play. If that means he's got to spend a couple more hours a week studying things, understanding the true concepts, like so if the defense does throw you something weird, you don't panic, you know how to react, you know how to orchestrate it, 
And that's what he's got to do. But he has got to get that offensive line moving in the right direction. Marquise Hayes. Now, I will say he played pretty well the last couple of drives of the game. But other than that, man, I, I don't know what happened to the nasty version of Marquise Hayes. It doesn't exist anymore. He's gone. The, the nasty version of him is gone. And I don't know if it has something to do, to do with him losing all the weight. But right it has now. something to do with uh, the other half of him is playing center in Kansas City right now. I mean, when you know where you're going, there's no doubt about it. All of that's already been decided for you. There's no thinking out there. You just cut it loose. Is that you think that has something to do with it? I've never seen a player turning his head more right before the snap than Marquis Hayes. I don't know who he's talking to or what they're talking about, but there's a lot of very late communication going on, and his eye discipline is suffering because of it, and it is putting him in some bad spots on the field, and it's making him look bad, and it's making him at times, way too much of the time, look like a you know undrafted type player. So he's got to figure it out because right now, and I, I really liked his game at points of time last year. I thought he was going to take his game to another level this year. Like he'd leaned out, he'd taken his diet serious, all that stuff. Right now, he's just a get-the-job-done guy. He's not a finish-you-into-the-ground guy anymore. I don't know what happened. He is not the player so far. He is not the player I thought he was going to be this season at all. And, and like, I haven't seen anything offensively that we haven't done in the past. Like, there may be like a little nuance or something, but for the most part, we're seeing the same. Like, it's not like these guys, like Marquise Hayes, is learning a new offense. It's the or has a new coach. It's the same exact stuff they've they've always run, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, for, I mean what, four years now for him? That's why it's so surprising, man. He shouldn't need he should be able to call it all out, right? You would four think years in? you would think, and that's what you, you would hope that. Guys like him and Tyrese Robinson who have started a ton of games, played a ton of football at Oklahoma, that if Rain can't get it done out there, that they would get everyone on the same page, right? It's not just the center that can speak. Like you, the tackles communicate. You communicate from the inside out. You communicate from the outside in. That's how you gather all your information as an offensive line. And you put it all together. And you make sure you're all on the same page. There's a saying in the offensive line room, Ted. If you're all wrong, you're right. Yeah, it's true. But it's just play I mean, the call, right? That you you got to know where you're going, even if it's wrong. You got to right. be on the same page. Okay, Anton Harrison, he just doesn't know what he's doing. Way too much of the time. I mean, you can just tell by how he comes off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't know where he's supposed to go. And that prevents him from playing with physicality. It prevents him from playing hard at times. 
he shows flashes, man, of what he can be. And then erases all of those flashes with horrible plays. Horrible plays. And mental mistakes. Penalties included. And uh, that all being said, I, I still think the kid has an extremely high ceiling. But there's something that really bothered me that happened in that game. And he got pulled from the game. And it was like he didn't care. It was like he was indifferent about it. Didn't seem pissed off. Didn't try to convince Bill to not take him out of the game. Didn't try to convince him to put him back into the game. Just accepted it. Didn't say a word. Just, all right, yeah, cool. Relieved, maybe? Maybe. But is that the attitude the starting left tackle for the University of Oklahoma is supposed to have? Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll take the rest of the night off. Typically, no. I'm just saying. It's odd. So well, let me ask you this. Well, I would uh, play Wanya Morris. Yeah. I'll let he you came in. This. He came in. He played. He played pretty well. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he got murdered. No, he didn't. He gave up one sack to a really good player. It happened. Gave up the one sack. And guess what he did? Kept playing. Didn't let it bother him. Played at a high level. Graded out really well for me. Now, he is not a dominant player, right? He's not just throwing guys out of the club, but now he's, he's unsure of what he's doing on planes, on some plays. It's obvious, but in, in my eyes, he played much better than Harrison. Played with, with a lot more consistency. Now, if you, can, if you can get him to know exactly what he's doing all the time, you can win with him. Well, I, a guy this is that not wants fun to be a, for me, by the way. No. I want to make that clear. Uh, a guy that wants to be out there and it, you have to feel like, because he missed a lot of time through spring, missed a lot of time through training camp, right? You got to feel like he would make up some ground if that was – his job, but I don't know. So I know I'm getting old and to some people, I probably just, uh, I'm starting to sound like the, the crotchety old guy, but like I went through what Anton Harrison and one a Morris are going through now a little, little different, but like my first year starting was at guard and we would do like every couple of series. And when I was playing well, and I got taken out, like, me and James Patton would have words. Like, I would say, why the fuck are you taking me out of the game? Like, I, I wanted to be on the field. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I wasn't nearly as talented as either of these guys. Like, I want OU's offense line. I want them to be on the, I, I want them to want to be on the field. And if you get taken off the field, I want them to be upset about it. Yeah. 
That's all I'm saying. I'm all that's all I'm saying. It's like, find me the five guys that want to be out there. We'll they don't even have there. to be the five most talented, man. Right. Just find me the five that want to be out there, that want to play. Yeah. Hmm. Chris Murray, worst game he's played this season so far. And I, I think it had a lot to do with some of the physical limitations that he has, just doesn't have long arms. And some of those guys from West Virginia, those are some long arm dudes along that defensive line. Uh, so put him at a disadvantage in some situations, but the, the undisciplined eyes, right? It applies to him. There's some, sometimes he, Hey, you're in a three man wall <laughs> center center's got a defensive tackle. He's not even looking at the backer guy goes inside. He just lets him go. I like, I don't know if he knows where he's going or who he's working to. Now he still plays his ass off, which I appreciate. He's physical. I appreciate that. But at times, he's one of those guys who looked really unsure of where he was supposed to go in the run game and in pass protection. He's got to have better awareness. He, he can do himself a lot of good by studying more when it comes to defensive alignments, like the width of linebackers, how tight or loose is a defensive tackle. Which hand is down? Which foot is back? Like these things all tell you a story about what's about to happen. And I'm not sure he recognizes enough of those things to put himself, because he does have those physical limitations, to put himself in a really good spot. Because if you, you have a good idea of what's coming, you can react a lot quicker. Well, it's all experience, right? Yeah. Um, no doubt. But he, he played a lot at UCLA. Yeah. I mean, and he's played like he, it's not like he's a young guy. You know, that's, that's the process. Usually whenever you're young, it's like, I, I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out like where, like who we're working to as you get more experience and you get more developed, you walk to the line and you already know where you're working. And now you're looking at the things you talked about. Uh, where's, you know, what, what hand is down? What's the stance look like? Where's the, the linebackers depth or width? Like those things you get with experience and, you know, it ends up being basically a language that, that that's just what you do as you walk to the line of scrimmage, you gather that information. And right now it sounds like the entire offensive line is stuck on the, let's just try and figure out who we're trying to get to situation. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, Tyrese Robinson thought he played well. Uh, played with velocity in the run game. Held up well in pass protection against some of those talented edge players for West Virginia. He, he looks a little lost sometimes just in the play action stuff. Some of the play action gap scheme stuff they do. Looks a little unsure of where he's going, but graded out well for me and other than a couple of plays where I thought he didn't finish his blocks well enough, like he put together a really solid game. Uh, I mean, that's a performance he should be proud of. It was good. Good. All right, let me ask you this. Since we got through the offensive line. That, oh, thank God. Is it, is, is it something that you feel like is going to improve or does it, is it 
four games in starting to look like this is what it's going to be this year? Or, or, I mean, obviously it can get better, but would you predict that it will get better? It has to get better. I mean, it can't be much worse. That may sound drastic, but like literally. I mean, this is like a fourth of the place where I'm looking at it going, do these guys know where they're going? Do they know who they're working to? Do they know who the mic is? Like, it can't get worse, man. I, I know, and I, I, I am going to, I'm just going to assume that it's going to get better. It's got to get better. I'm going to remain so, positive on that front. Typically, this is about the time where a staff is going to get together and say they either have to get better on the stuff that we want to do or we're going to have to start eliminating things that we are not capable of. And that is typically a not a good place to be in where you have to really start limiting your concepts and, and things that you do. And that sounds to me like we're probably getting to that territory. They need, they need to dwindle it down to as many concepts, as few concepts as possible to where the guys know exactly where they're going. Yeah. Because if, if they're on the same play page and they're getting guys blocked, they're getting in the way, OU's got talented skill guys. They do. So, I mean, that's the big issue. It's not Rattler. Now, he wasn't great. I guess we, we should probably talk about the whole quarterback thing, huh? Enough yeah. offensive line talk. He's, now, we're, neither of us are quarterback gurus, but we have pretty good knowledge of coverage and, and what side of the field you should probably be working and you know where the ball should go most of the time. He's late on too many throws. He's missing too many throws. The interception, right? It's max protection. Only three guys out on the route. Ball's late. Ball's late. A nice play, but ball's late. Mm-hmm. Throw was there to be made. And this Which, is the conclusion. You Go ahead. No, just to back up a little bit. That that play right there is a um, it, it's a result of a lot of things, right? OU doesn't max protect or used to not max protect a lot, and if you only get three guys out, that means the defense is over and under every single wide receiver. You watch the underneath player on that; he turns and runs. Why can he turn and run? Because there's no one getting out underneath. So that is a result of not being able to protect. Well, we've got to keep everyone in. And when we keep everyone in, the throws become a lot more difficult. Which, which led me to this conclusion. It had a lot to do with that play and a couple other ones. Right. For this offense, with, with the way that they're playing along the offensive line, for this offense to be good, Rattler needs to be great. 
He needs to be great. Not good. Not solid. He needs to be great. And he's just not that right now. He can't underthrow Mike Woods on that deep ball like he did the other night. They desperately need those types of plays. He can't on, you know, third and 10. He can't dive short of the sticks when they run that little drag screen that converts into the QB draw with the right guard leading the way when the guy runs with him in man coverage, Ted. Yeah. He's got to go get that first down. Yeah. The protection isn't perfect, but it's not awful either. And right now, he's playing like just a guy at quarterback. And we all know he's more talented than that. He's, yeah. he's got to be great. And well, that's just not I, – I don't know about you. That's not what I'm saying. No, it's not. And I've, I've always told people this. Whenever <laughs> Oklahoma fans – and this is natural – but we have such a skewed view of quarterback play, right? We, we look at a lot of quarterbacks in the Big 12 and say, that guy's terrible. He's horrible. They'll never be any good until they find a good quarterback. And sometimes that's true. But everything is not equal. If you take a... I'm not saying anyone would be as good as Kyler, but you could plug a lot of people in behind that offensive line with those skill guys and get great quarterback play. You can take a great quarterback and plug him into a team that can't run the football and can't protect, and you're going to have yourself a really average-looking quarterback really quickly. So we, we've got this skewed vision of what quarterback play is. Typically, you flip it over and, like, you go watch quarterback on the NFL or across the country. There's guys running for their lives trying to complete balls downfield and throwing interceptions. That's what happens whenever you're getting hit and getting sacked and you're in third and 10 and third and 12 all game long. That's what quarterback play ends up looking like. So it all it all trickles down, and when it's great, your quarterback looks fantastic. When it's bad, he's going to start looking really bad. Yeah, I, I will say this. He was really good on those last couple drives. Really good. Uh, last drive, you got to go win the game. He was efficient. Got the ball out of his hand. Was accurate. Like, when the game was on the line... Spencer Rattler made plays. And you have to give him credit for that. He did what he needed to do in those situations, but he's got to be better. Like, he needs to play that way the entire football game. He's got to play with that focus and that demeanor and that efficiency for an entire game. Or else this offense is in trouble. Yeah. Well, one of the things that they did late in the football game is, you know, you you run the football or you try to establish the run until a given point. And then at, one, at some time in the football game, whenever it has not happened, you 
have to abandon it and try and go win the football game, right? You, you can only bang your head against the wall for so long. And once they abandoned it and had to, the need to start throwing it on pretty much every down, they they got a little bit better. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see. Um, running game, 57 yards rushing. Uh, that front from West Virginia is solid, but I'll just leave this thought with some people. If West Virginia is going to hold you to 57 yards rushing, and this is supposed to be a national championship caliber team, which I think we all agree at this point it is not, I just want you to imagine what Georgia's defensive line would do to this group right now. Well, I'm trying to imagine what Kansas State's front is going to do. It really doesn't, you know, I mean, it's let's okay. Positives offensively positives. Mike Woods, right? Yeah. Right. Played strong with the ball in his hands. Got a bunch of targets, got a bunch of catches. Looked some good tough competitive catches in traffic too. Yeah. Look good. This yep. is us being positive. Look at us. Hey, I, and I'll tell you sometimes, especially in a tight football game where points are a premium field position is a premium. Catching a ball in traffic and turning up field and getting two extra yards means something. It does. It, it does. Every single yard is going to matter in tight football games. And I loved how aggressive he was after he got the ball, secured it, and got an, another extra, just a tough, scrappy yard or two. And just one thing. Get Eric Gray the ball in space. Find ways to get him the ball in space. He's he's okay in the running game. Like, I don't think he thrives in between the tackles. Find ways. Scheme up things to get him the ball with some space. You saw it on the swing route, right? When he's got it in space, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Maybe instead of throwing the third and eight bubble to Jaden Hazelwood, you think about throwing it to Eric Gray. You know? Yeah. You know, th that's the one interesting thing about our offense. We don't have, like, almost every offense has traditional, like, back out of the backfield runs. The little uh, swing release goes up and runs an option on the linebacker. We don't do that. Uh, like the angle route. You want to you know something fun about our offense? Yeah. About the Oklahoma offense? Since the offensive line doesn't communicate to the backs who they have in pass protection, a lot of the times in the six-man protection schemes, the backs are staying in for no damn reason. And they don't get out on a route because apparently – no one knows where they're going in pass protection. So when the back doesn't know who the offensive line is working to, then he doesn't know who he's scanning for in protection. Then he doesn't know when he's able to get out on a route. And the so he's just sitting there know. in the middle of everything doing this for no reason. He's just in the way. And Rattler should be able to go, nope, nope check down but his check downs over here dancing around Oklahoma right? leads the country in the back staying in and six-man protection when there is no pressure coming 
I don't know. Does uh, PFF chart that? PFF does a lot of things poorly, but they may chart that. I don't know if they do. Okay, I, let's let's <laughs> let's move on from this game, dude. I just I can't anymore. We fair, fair, fair sure. criticisms. Yeah, I think so. We're all seeing the right, same stuff, right? Yeah. Defense played I, well. It. it it's at a boy Grinch. <laughs> it's on the, I mean, it's, you can look at the, the stat sheet is kind of tells the story. I mean, it really does. I mean, it doesn't always, but in this game, it, you kind of feel like it tells the story. Yeah. Okay. One call your shot because I, I think we touched on pretty much everything that people uh, <laughs> mentioned, but we saved this little tasty nugget for last. This one comes from Samuel Allen on Twitter. I'm just curious where the chants were coming from on the TV broadcast. It sounded like the whole stadium. Other mentions on Twitter said it was just the student section. Ted, one of the other in-game text messages I sent you was... uh the student section has now chanted, we want Caleb twice. Yeah. It was loud. I couldn't it was hear not it. quiet. I couldn't hear it. I have got my, my headset on, and for whatever reason, I couldn't hear it coming through. But we had that, and we had... Boos. A very pronounced boo. A, a lot of booing. Of times. Yeah. What was more surprising? Drunk students chanting for the backup quarterback or the fans booing. I I was surprised by the booing. Now, I'm not saying that that offense, the way that they're playing, I'm not saying they didn't deserve a little booing, okay? <laughs> okay? Let's, let's be real. I was trying to think, like, did you ever get booed at home as a player? I don't think so. I, I was trying to think back of just, like, horrible losses that I had at OU and like, did we get booed 2011 Texas Tech game? By the way, Neil Brown was the offense coordinator for Tech in that game. I don't think I don't so. remember getting booed. Like, I feel like I would remember getting booed and it'd be like, I would assume it would have made me really, really sad. Now it's really sad we lost the game. I think I only lost once at home. I was to Oklahoma State in 2001. It was like on the last play of the game, so... They may have been booing after the game. Uh, yeah, but maybe maybe I did get booed, and I just don't remember it. But that was – fans like, booed in 2014 Baylor. That's the last time I can remember OU fans booing. I was gone by then. Thank goodness. Maybe that they booed us Notre ugly. Dame? No. Maybe? No. I don't think. But it was – I. it was surprising. Is – how do you think Rattler handled the, the chant thing? That's a tough spot, man. I mean, well, I, I think he handled it horribly. And after the game, yeah, like we don't care what they say. They think we don't care. I was like, oh no, oh no. I don't know what he's supposed to say though. I oh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I don't know. Like oh, you know, they have their opinion. I'm gonna keep trying to play my best. Like, but I don't mind him being a little pissed off by it. Like it's natural. Right. Did he handle There's it perfectly? There's no other he... reaction to it. That I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else you can say. Yeah. What do you than... say? They're not on the field. <laughs> That's kind of funny. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. <sighs> I'll say this. The way that O-line's playing wouldn't hurt to have a QB run element to some things. Not all things, but some. Well, here's the thing, man. I got no problem if they want to start treating the run game similar to what West Virginia does with Garrett Green. But I'm sorry. If you if you prance a true freshman out there behind that offensive line and expect him to just thrive, I don't know, man. Now, his athleticism and his ability to, to weasel out of some stuff will help sometimes, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think that's the answer, but I trust Lincoln with it. If, if Rattler's not playing well and he thinks Caleb Williams gives him a better chance, he's not going to just wait around. He's, he'll make the move. He They're still in ass it. last year at Texas. So that happened. Right. So we'll see. All right. Let's move on. What do on. you think, though? Quickly, do you think that you think we see Caleb Williams next week? Or is you know it- what I think? I think the offensive line needs to know who they're blocking. And at the quarter, <laughs> whatever quarterback they put back there, if they figure that out, I think they'll be just fine. Just fine. <laughs> God, man. It was fair. It was fair. It was harsh, but fair. <laughs> That's great. All right. Do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from any insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And guys, it's still hot outside, so you know what that means, baby. It's hard seltzer season, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coupe Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. You can buy a 12-pack of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water, or you can grab a Citrus Variety Pack or a, a Tropical Variety Pack. Find it at your local grocery store, convenience store, and liquor store, Sonic Hard Seltzer. National College Football Roundup, while OU was getting a hard-fought win, Oklahoma State was cruising to a victory over the Kansas State Wildcats in Stillwater. OSU wins 31-20. Ted, I I hate to tell you, I, I told you so. The Spencer-Sanders game was coming eventually. Sanders, 22 of 34. 344 yards. Now, a lot of those yards were on screens. I don't want to hear it, though, Ted. Two touchdowns. One of them, really pretty play. Really nice throw to Tay Martin. No interceptions. No turnovers for Spencer Sanders. Had a touchdown run. Couple of the best throws I've ever seen from him, Ted. Shock. It's the shock of the century right there. Amazing. I will say, 
this game looked like it was going to be really good early, right? That first quarter was high scoring and awesome. K-State had a really good opening drive. OSU answered. Big screen to Warren on that drive. K-State answered back. Malik Knowles takes the next kickoff to the house. Huge special teams play. OSU answers. And then OSU gets a little lucky, right? Bad snap ends up being a defensive touchdown for them. But that's what that defense does, man. They make plays. It's what they do. You you need a little luck. And I'll I'll tell you this. Oklahoma State's found a little something with that zone running game with Jalen Warren. They're doing some good things in the run game. And they're, they're they're doing some good things offensively. And it just made the way that OU's offense played even more upsetting as I rewatched this game. I was like, man, even Oklahoma State looks good on offense. Well, Kansas State. (sighs) Will Howard looked good, then got hurt, then didn't look good. It's the funniest thing ever. Like Last year when they played Oklahoma State, they botched – the snap or the handoff or whatever it was going in for a touchdown, it gets returned like 95 yards the other way for a defensive score. This year, they're backed up right by their own end zone, botch the snap, fumble the ball around, whatever the hell's going on, and give up a defensive touchdown. They aren't good enough to win football games giving up defensive touchdowns, especially without Skylar Thompson. I still believe Skylar Thompson at the at the helm with Kansas State, and they're a hell of a football team, and I think he's playing this week. Did you see the videos of him warming up before the game? No. Looks good. Yeah. I think Drop he's playing, back. man. Drop back, play action fakes, got a knee brace on, look good. Mm. But it's a good win, win for Oklahoma State, man. It and is. They, they didn't score a point in the second half again. Offense struggled, but they didn't need any points. In the second half, they were playing against some guy named Jaron Lewis, who wasn't exactly orchestrating a furious comeback for the Wildcats. Uh, that second half was so damn boring, but some positive, right? Uh, I mean, Presley looks fast as hell. He's explosive. Tay Martin making some big plays for them offensively. The defense continues to be rock solid for Oklahoma State. It's a really solid conference win for Oklahoma State. Let me ask you a question, because I was thinking about this earlier, and I wasn't, I wasn't around my phone, so I couldn't, I couldn't, like, check it. And I just thought of it again. Is there another state that has – well, first of all, I'll say this. Oklahoma State's 4-0, Oklahoma's 4-0, and – I feel like both fan bases hate their team. Uh, Oklahoma State probably a little bit less after the Kansas State win, but before that game, I don't think anyone felt very good about their squad. So we have two teams in the tiny state of Oklahoma, power five teams that are both undefeated, both 4-0, and both fan bases hate their, their team. And I don't even know, is there another state in the country that has two f- Power 5 football teams that are undefeated? No. I'm There's looking not. at, so, top 25 
the undefeated teams we're talking power five right oh no correction michigan and michigan state both four there you go there you go they both seem rather pleased with their teams yeah i don't think they hate them but you know they have set a very low bar recently that's true but i just thought that that was kind of interesting right that both four and oh both fan bases pissed off but at the time, I couldn't think of another state in the country that has uh, that replicated. Well, well, there's there there is Texas Baylor's four and and Texas A and M. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> Which brings us to our next SMU's game. SMU's undefeated. SMU, the Ponies, undefeated. How about that? Come on, TCU. What are you doing? Texas A and M ten, Arkansas twenty. I owe KJ Jefferson an apology. Good game, young man. Very impressive performance from the big QB, especially getting banged up. But Arkansas came out firing against that A&M defense. K.J. Jefferson with the bomb to Traylon Burks. I mean, that was about as good as of a deep ball as you can throw. Then gets the ball to A.J. Green. Little rub route, swing pass, which I feel like we're seeing more in college football than we've ever seen. Like, just man beater and... College football defense is not adjusting well to it, but eat some poor tackling from AM on that play. But AJ Green takes a long one to the house off that simple concept. And in the blink of an eye, it was 17 nothing hogs. And that Arkansas defense disciplined. They play their balls off, man. I mean, that defensive front, three guys, just it is an absolute fight at the line of scrimmage with those dudes on the defensive line from Arkansas. And I'll tell you this, Zach Calzada did not look like he was having a good time playing them, Ted. He did not look. There were some of those shots, you know, when the cameraman gets him at the wrong moment, he was just like, oh, man. Like, he just looked exhausted playing no, against whistle. Arkansas. <laughs> it was, uh, it, you look at, I mean, you look at what, Barry Odom's done for that defense, and AM had some big plays in the game, right? Isaiah Spiller, he he's great. I, I really like him. I, I thought that that long touchdown run he had may jumpstart the comeback for AM, especially with KJ Jefferson at that point in time being banged up and not knowing if he was coming back in the game. But to his credit, he did. I, I think he said he was waiting for the medicine to kick in, which is what a football line. But Credit Arkansas's defense, man. Uh, tip ball, made the play. Their offense converted that turnover into three points. That is that is a hell of a win for Sam Pittman, and I think it is safe to say they hired the right guy at Arkansas. They're rolling, right. man. You give a team some confidence, and they go out there and they back it up, look out. The team like that can turn into something pretty special pretty quickly. And it sounds like they've got some offensive linemen to spare because they were going to be down a couple of guys, right? Yeah. And what the hell, Texas A&M's, A&M's defensive line? line? Now, to the A&M defensive line's credit, I mean, it's not like they're the ones defending the go ball, you know? You know, that was kind mm-hmm. of a catch it and let it let it fly situation. But, yeah, it's – well coached. I, I mean, their head coach is an offensive line guy. I know he says he doesn't like to treat the offensive linemen any different than any other position group. Oh, come on, Sam. Are you kidding? Come on. But dude, they 
they play they play really well up front. They've got a defined system. They run off the football along the offensive line. Listen, I I really enjoy watching their offense play. I do, especially their run game. I mean, that I trip I, to Fayetteville next year is going to be a tough one. Yeah, dude, that and I don't think our prediction on that game was wrong. Like, I really don't. They just got after a good defensive line. What'd they run for? 197 against that defensive line? I mean, DeMarvin Leal, that that guy's like a first round. What'd you say? I picked Arkansas to win that football game. Oh, good job. Sorry, I was trying to lump you in with me. (laughs) I think that's probably the only one I got right. Nice. All right. Last one. I think we both picked Wisconsin in this game. Notre Dame 41, Wisconsin 13. Gabe, I left my house in the fourth quarter, and Wisconsin was ahead. And, frankly, dominating the football game. Notre Dame, (laughs) the proud fighting Irish, had nine yards rushing. Now, they still do the stupid thing where they subtract sacks. If you take the sacks away, Notre Dame had 39 yards rushing on 20 carries by their running backs. And they won 41 to 13. An absolutely epic collapse in the fourth quarter by Wisconsin. So I'm assuming you left, Ted, with about 14 minutes to go in the game. Because that yeah. is when Wisconsin kicked a field goal to go up 13-10. I, I was about to walk out the door. And then as I walked by the TV, I heard him doing the, the jump around song at Soldier Field. So I rewound it, showed my son what Wisconsin does. Me and him jumped around the living room for a little bit. And then I think, uh, did they kick the field goal after that? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, they kicked the field goal and then I left. And then everything fell apart. Yeah. By the time I got to the stadium, it was like, oh, Notre Dame killed him. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Apparently you saw the wrong football game. So as you were getting in your car, uh, Notre Dame was returning the kickoff for a touchdown, 96 yards. The uh, Jackson guy can fly. I mean, he can absolutely fly. Wow. But then you also missed Graham Mertz. Uh, getting sacked. Of course, he was stripped. Of course, uh, Notre Dame recovered the fumble. And then some guy named Drew Pine led the Irish down the field for another touchdown. Then, Ted, you must have also missed Graham Mertz putting a little cherry on top of this football game by throwing a couple pick sixes late to make the score very, very ugly. And it was, wow. I mean, the fourth quarter was nuts. And it was it was really odd to see Notre Dame's offensive line struggle the way that they're struggling. I know they're banged up. I know they're trying to get healthy. Like, well, man, it's just Jack Cohn, he got knocked out of the game. I mean, got rolled up on because he was getting assaulted when he yeah. dropped back to pass. And Wisconsin's defense played pretty well. Played well enough to win in my eyes, but that Wisconsin offense is hard to watch. Five turnovers for the Badgers offense 
five. Five turnovers and what twenty-one points off of miscellaneous, at least like scored on defense and on special teams. Oh my God, that's a defensive coordinator's nightmare. It's like, what? What just happened in this game? We played great. Wow, brutal. Also, Wisconsin, seventy-five yard rush. That's weird. I thought they were going to be, yeah. Yeah, especially. Notre Dame's starting defensive tackle didn't play. I was like, dude, they're going to run it officially all game. I'll tell you right now, Graham Merch stinks. <laughs> I mean, he stinks, man. You talk about a guy not playing with any confidence. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he is. He's a hard watch, man. <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> hell, congrats to Brian Kelly. It's crazy to think, man. The winningest coach in the history of Notre Dame football. Brian I know. Kelly. It's crazy. They're going to lose this week, though. They got Cincy this week, right? Yep. Cincy's going to beat them. I, I agree with that as of today. I reserve the right to change my opinion by the next episode. <laughs> All right. Let's finish up with winners and losers of the weekend. But first, are you unhappy with the surface around your pool? Are you not pleased with your patio? Soft Rock specializes in installing safe rubber surfacing for pools, patios, gym floors, and other outdoor spaces. Soft Rock's rubber safety surfacing provides a long lasting surface that is impact and slip resistant, fully customizable, and virtually indestructible. Local business owners Heidi and Cody Clark are avid OU fans that are driven to help you with all of your pool and patio surfacing needs. Visit softrock.com slash OKC. That's S-O-F-T-R-O-C.com slash OKC for more information. The Clarks also own the Driveway Company. The Driveway Company has tailored solutions to eliminate all of your driveway problems. They can repair cracks, clean and seal your rotting grass-filled joints to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. Visit thedrivewaycompany.com slash OKC for all of your driveway repair needs. Learn more about SoftRock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12-to-1 student-to-teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. As a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. As always, Ted, get us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? I, it was a weird one. I didn't know if I should go with Rams fans, like the Rams football team, or Matt Stafford, or even the Lions. I wasn't sure with who who to go uh, because Matt Stafford is absolutely playing out of his mind right now and is making the Rams look like an unbeatable football team. And obviously the Rams fans, that's they they're an easy winner, right? Because they've got a great quarterback now that is a difference maker. Uh the football team, obviously, he's making everyone on that offense uh better right now. Um for him, it's like, oh my God, this is what it's like to be surrounded by a solid roster on both sides of the ball. This is amazing. This has to be the greatest thing ever. This game is actually fun. 
It's fun to play football again. And then I said the Lions because, hell, they had that guy for, how long was he there? 10 years? He was there a while, 10 or 11. 11? Imagine how bad they would have been if he wasn't there. So that stretch where he was, it's like they were winners, man. They got away with it for that long. He is ripping the football right now. He was 27 of 38 for four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked one time. And they beat the Tampa Bay Bucks, 34-24 in Los Angeles. And it wasn't that close. No. That's a late touchdown, like trying to get an onside kick. They kicked their ass. And they all of a sudden, I think with, with the way that things have looked, would they be the one team and the injuries always play a role and it's a long season, but if you had to put money on one team to win the Super Bowl right now, I don't think I'd put it on anyone other than the Rams. Oh, I was you weren't I thought you were gonna say New England Patriots, because that's who I was thinking. <laughs> really? No, no, no. Yeah. I that would be that would be the team now. It's obviously a long time from now, but their offense is playing well, and they've got some dudes defensively. Um, but as of right now, they look like the most complete team. Things change. Teams get way better. Injuries happen. We could have a completely different picture four or five weeks from now. But right now, yeah, I, I think they look like the most complete team. Yeah, the other undefeateds, Vegas. Man, they live dangerously. They love them some overtime. Congrats, Ooh, what Plank. A game. It was an awesome that was, game. That was nuts. Uh, but Vegas is 3-0. Rams are 3-0. Carolina's 3-0. Denver's 3-0. Arizona's 3-0. San Francisco 2-0, but things aren't going particularly well for them as we're recording this. They're, they're Carolina playing the Packers. looks good, man. Sam Darnold. It's like it's another like he's it's like Did. Matt Stafford to a different level, you know. It, he he wasn't there forever, but God, he was he was in New York where uh, it, it just all good quarterbacks go there to die, and he looks great for Carolina right now. How many tweets were you tagged in? Because I was tagged in a couple when McCaffrey hurt his hammy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, was tagged I in that. upwards of ten <laughs> tweets, being like. Daddy's got to be like just losing it right now. Oh, it's just a hamstring. It's only going to take him 24 months to come back from that. It's no big deal. Have some sympathy, Dad. Yeah. Well, hey. Oh, uh, I did want to mention, I also thought about going with Mark Sanchez. Have you ever heard him call a game? I, okay, number one, didn't know he was calling games. So I, I didn't either. If I have heard him, I didn't know it was him. Where'd you hear him? He called the Vikings-Seattle Seahawks game. Okay, well, I heard him because I saw it on Red Zone. Okay. Um, at first, I was like, he... <laughs> it doesn't sound anything like what I think Mark Sanchez would sound like. He actually 
reminds me of Norm McDonald a little bit with the way that he talks. R.I.P. Norm. R.I.P. Right. What? It was a. He was awesome. He was awesome. He was funny. He was energetic. He uh, was breaking down some really good stuff. I. He was fantastic. I. The I Sanchez. I know. I had no clue. They they showed who like they, them in the booth. I was like, what? He was great. That's awesome. All right, who do you have as your loser of the weekend? It's got to be Clemson. Has to be Clemson. They go down. Not only do they go down, they lose one of their best defensive players for the year, uh, Brian Breesy. This year looks like it's going to get ugly for for Clemson now. Lucky for them, their schedule is absolutely terrible. But if you're going to lose to NC State, I guess you can lose to pretty much anyone. And I have a feeling that if it looks like things are are getting bad in Clemson, then I think there's a chance they may lose their coordinators this year. If if they if Venables or Elliott feel like they're going to lose their opportunity to take any job that they want out there, they got to they got to go now. They got to take that jump now. Now maybe they don't ever want to go be a head coach, but if you wait too long and that window passes, it's not going to happen again. So I'm just curious, like. They start losing and it's not looking good. Is Venables telling his agent that, hey, if there's any jobs that are available, I'm interested. That is that is very interesting. And that game should have never gone the overtime. Like if NC State's kicker oh, yeah. wasn't so awful, then And he had hit like a fifty eight yarder or something already this year, right? Yeah. They should have won the game in regulation. Like it should never have gone to what was it, double overtime? But I'll say this DJ Uyangalale has lost all of his confidence at the quarterback position, and it has everything to do with his offensive line That's sucking. That's what I was talking about. They, you think OUZO line is bad? Go watch Clemson. They stink on the offensive line. I know they've got some guys banged up. I understand that, but whoo boy, their pass protection. I mean, Uyunglele is under attack. We saw it with the Georgia game. That was an assault. So I don't know, man. I, I would not be shocked if some coordinators start bird dog and some uh, head coaching jobs wake forest best team (laughs) wake forest currently on top of the atlantic division of the acc just like everyone predicted all right if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker stop what you're doing head to your favorite liquor store and buy some balconies products you gotta grab some of balconies lineage singles malt whiskey it was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcony's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn, and that is why it has won more than 25 awards. 
Last but certainly not least, you've got to buy some of Balcony's Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcony Single Malt won the Best in Glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen, and became the first American distiller to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcony's products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. And if you're headed to OU Texas Weekend, we're thinking about it. OU Texas Weekend is just around the corner. If you're looking for events, hotels, or transportation, the OU Club of Dallas has you covered. Visit OUClubofDallas.com for all the details. The home for Sooner fans is the Renaissance Addison with rooms priced at only $187 a night. It's also the site for the Beat Texas Pep Rally on Friday night with exclusive appearances by the Pride of Oklahoma marching band, OU cheer squads, Boomer and Sooner, and more. On Saturday, you can ride in style with police-escorted buses to the game. The OU Club of Dallas has been the go-to source for Beat Texas Weekend since the 1950s, and proceeds from the weekend fund OU scholarships. Check out OUClubofDallas.com before these events sell out. For my winner of the weekend, I thought about going with the United States. Utter domination of the Europeans in the Ryder Cup. 19-9. Beat their ass, Ted. Beat their ass so bad that it made Rory McIlroy cry in that post post <laughs> uh, post event interview. That actually was kind of awesome, like how much it means to him. But made him cry, Ted. Domination. I I like my Ryder Cup team. Young. I like them talented, and I like them a little drunk. But the savvy bet, Dustin Johnson. He deserves that man deserves to be as drunk as he wants. After the event in that press conference, after going five and zero, my goodness, he could barely put a sentence together. It was awesome. Oh, uh, that's great! And hey, man, there's nothing like the Ryder Cup. It's the only thing that can get me to actually uh, cheer for DeChambeau. Watching that 417 yard drive was a thing of beauty. It was awesome. That was amazing. That was cool. I I won't lie. Kind of enjoyed cheering for Bryson in the Ryder yeah. Cup. It was weird. Yeah. He kind of embraced it, too. Like, he was talking a little trash, putting on a show. I was like, ooh, I like this, Bryson. Yeah, that's cool. No, that was fun. That was, uh, that was an ass-kicking for sure. We needed it. Definitely. It was fun. USA, USA. Also thought about going with New Orleans Saints fans because it looks like it's going to be a roller coaster this season for them. Week one. They beat Green Bay 38-3. Then they got smacked by Carolina last weekend, 26-7. Then they make your Patriots and Mac Jones look awful and go to Foxborough and win 28-13 dead. Like, I don't know. I shouldn't expect anything else from a team that has Jameis at quarterback, but this is going to be – it's going to be quite the emotional roller coaster for Saints fans this year. Yeah, that's going to be an of, adventure. Yeah, that's kind of been his uh, his mo since he's been in the NFL. It's kind of been all over the place for him. But yeah, the the steady as she goes, always kind of know what you're going to get under Drew Brees. Those days are seem to be gone. But roller coasters are fun. Eh, I don't know. I haven't been on one in a long time. Now that I think about it, huh? I don't know if they're still fun. They are. I was. I rode probably 30 roller coasters this summer at first it was miserable 
uh i was nauseous but then i was like i'm just going to be nauseous the rest of the day why not ride all of the roller coasters and we did and it was great well there you go but my winner of the weekend la chargers go to kansas city and beat the chiefs although when they scored with like 30 seconds left to go in the game it somehow still felt like they left mahomes too much time even though he hadn't played very well at all but justin herbert man dude's a baller 281 he, yards, he's four touchdowns, no interceptions. Underrated quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. Is he? I mean, okay. Maybe I think at least it, talked about. I think a lot of people rate him high, but he's not mentioned very often. I, I'm sure a lot of other people have talked about this, but how many quarterbacks have you taken over him? Like, and maybe it's one of these to. To build your franchise around him, Kyler. I mean, I, I Herbert love over Kyler. Kyler. I love Kyler, and I think Kyler is on the verge of being the best quarterback in the NFL. But he also makes some throws that make you go, "Oh my gosh, what are you doing?" Had a couple you, of those today. You have to wonder though, and it, it's not anytime soon. But most quarterbacks that play like Kyler do don't last very long. Now, he seems really durable. Russell Wilson has played a long time. I guess that would probably be the closest comp. You know, obviously, he's way faster and way better running. But Justin Herbert, he's huge. He's got a great arm. He's athletic. He checks all the boxes. There's, I would take Kyler ahead of him, but there's, there's not very many guys. Yeah. Maybe none. Yeah. Think I'd take Herbert. Like, he, dude. Now, Kyler's the most entertaining player in the NFL right now for me. But, man, Herbert, dude, just some lasers in that game against the Chiefs. He looks huge to me. How big is he? Yeah, he's like 6'6". Yeah, he looks gigantic out there. And a huge nerd. But he doesn't look – he looks huge – but he doesn't look slow. I mean, he looks like explosive and fast and athletic. Impressive dude. Yeah. Keenan Allen, also impressive. I mean, that dude is a beast. But Chargers defense kept everything in front of them, hoping the Chiefs would make mistakes. And, well, that is exactly what happened. Mahomes with a couple picks. One really bad one late to give the Chargers the ball to go get the go-ahead score. Chiefs fumbled twice. Clyde Edwards Alaire, apparently now a fumbler. Yeah. There's only one solution for the Chiefs offensively, Ted. Feed the belldozer more. Yeah. Eat him. Give my man the rock. Come on. I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, they're gonna have to start blocking up front a little bit better. I know the the Chargers have a really good rush, but they were all over Mahomes, man. Yeah. No, he was he was definitely under a lot of pressure and it is just it is damn near impossible to win a game in the National Football League if you lose the turnover battle 4-0. I mean, oh, the fact no that way. the game was that close is I mean it just tells you how talented the Chiefs are, but great win for the Chargers and uh, sending our best to Andy Reid. Sound like he didn't feel too good after the game. So sounds like they took him in the ambulance, just precautionary stuff, but hope he's okay because he's awesome. 
Yeah. No, I agree. Was it like a maybe heart issue or something? I don't know. They just said he was feeling ill. There was nothing really like specific. So he uh, talked to the team and everything though. So he's not like, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully he's all right. Sounds like he is okay, but you know, just hope hoping for the best for the big fellow, you know? Yep. Okay. For loser of the weekend, thought about going to Detroit lions, man. I mean, just seems like they had played well enough to win. Did a good job against Lamar Jackson, and then got beat by a kicker. I mean, Justin Tucker from 66. Crazy. Hits the crossbar, goes up in the air, goes through. Just a brutal loss Needed for Dan Campbell. every inch of that kick to get there. And, and the thing that made it so funny, sometimes like you remember the most random stuff. Remember when he cut both kickers and like everyone was thinking, <laughs> Hey, maybe they'll go kickerless. Yeah, Dan Campbell would hate kickers. Like, yeah, he if he if there's a guy in the league that would carry zero kickers, it's Dan. He gets oh. <laughs> loses a game, longest field goal ever. <laughs> Jeez. Justin Tucker put the man in the Hall of Fame. He's amazing. Amazing. Yep. But also thought about going with the Jags for my loser of the weekend because for whatever reason even though I know how bad of a football team they are, it, it just feels like it should be impossible to lose when you return a field goal for a 109-yard touchdown. <laughs> like it, it, it seems like you should just automatically win the game. Yeah, uh, longest touchdown in the history of the NFL. And they lost. Mm. And it wasn't very competitive <laughs> in the second half. <laughs> but my loser of the weekend, Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. Lost to the Bengals at home. 24-10, moves them to 1-2 and two on the season. It turns out Jamar Chase, still really good at football. Joe Burrow was solid, but really, the Steelers are the loser of the weekend because they're just not very good, man. I mean, their offensive line, you think Clemson's O-line is bad. Watch the Steelers now. Oof. They're struggling. And I know they're banged up, and they had a couple guys go down in this game. But the Pittsburgh Steelers had 45 yards rushing in an NFL game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Brutal. And they fell behind big, so I understand they were throwing around a lot late. But 45 yards rushing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why they went and got Najee Harris. He's a great back. Yeah, he had like 40-something yards rushing. They get 40, and Ben Roethlisberger had five. And Ben Roethlisberger looks old as hell out there. A couple of interceptions. There was one, like, he throws it. He dives and tries to make a tackle. It doesn't even come close. He just he can't move away from the pressure, and the, the line's not holding up. Like, it's just, it is a bad combination for Big Ben. And... On the other side, you had Burrow just moving around, looking young and spry, just ripping it all over the field. And it just kind of magnified how old Big Ben looked. But there is no way he makes it through this season with that offensive line. No chance. It, there, I mean, it's impossible. Wow. Brutal. And I hated how – did you watch the how the game ended? They They got the ball back and had a chance to go down the field and maybe try and score and at least maybe have a chance to make it interesting. <laughs> Three drops in a row. 
hit guys right in the chest with the ball and they dropped it. <laughs> Got to help the old man out, man. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. He's going to check it down because I got Najee Harris in fantasy. He's going to check it down to Najee Harris about eight times on this drive. This is going to be fantastic. Nope. He dropped He dropped the, the third down. He would have had a first or the fourth down. Would have had an easy first down drop. Big Ben threw it 58 times in that game. Oh, boy. Uh, not looking good for the Steelers. Just usually so consistent. It's weird to see them look that that pour along the offense line. It's just weird. On that yeah. note, episode 150 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that will drop Thursday morning. We will be previewing OU Kansas State. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref, and you can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one.